0: Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you. Welcome to Christchurch this morning. It's really good to be with you. And, uh, I, well, it's Remembrance Sunday. We're going to have our Act of Remembrance in a little while. It's always slightly touch and go as to the timings, because, of course, we need to try and hit 11, if we possibly can, um, to remember the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, even though it's the 14th. But it's Remembrance Sunday, you understand. The Queen will be at the Cenotaph, and we'll be doing our Act of Remembrance here. By the way, anyone know what this bag is? on? What, what sort of bag is this? Know what, some of you will recognize these, these, these sort of bags. Do you know what this, do you know what, do you know what this bag was made for? It's only a little bag. It's a gas mask bag. So it's a gas mask bag. So it's possible that if in, the, in the war, if some of you children were around. In fact, I bet some of the older people here probably were packed off um, on the train a long way away to, to, during the war to escape from any bombs, and they were sent with, with a little bag like this around their necks with their gas mask in. Well, the thing is that in my bag, actually, it's not gas mask things. Shall I tell you what's in my bag? That's a sharpening stone. That's a clue. That is a knife. It's a knife. I've got a knife in my bag. And this knife is a very special knife because this is for making something. It's a craft knife. It's not a <coughs> an attack knife. It's a craft knife. And um, so... Although I never take the risk at the airport, I always make sure this is packed in my suitcase rather than in my hand luggage, because this is for... I was playing this instrument in the first hymn, this is called an oboe, and I used to play the oboe a lot, Um, and uh, it sounds like this. Oh dear, I can't play it with... I need two hands. Here it is. Right I used to play it a lot and when you play the oboe a lot you have to learn how to make these little things here that are called the reeds and to make the reeds you have to it's quite a complicated and long process I still do it actually I found it I find it relaxing now I used to when my life depended on it found it very stressful but what you do it takes a lot of time you start off with a piece of cane and you have to sc- you have to, uh, well, here's another knife, It's <laughs> a Stanley knife, I won't get that out. You have to shape it, you have to learn to shape the cane first that way. So you, I'm not going to actually cut my hand, you cut it and cut it and cut it, shape it. That takes a long time to get that exactly right. And then you tie that piece on around a, p- a little piece of metal called the staple, and then you get this knife, where's it gone, my other knife, what do I do with it? I put it somewhere. Oh, yeah, thank you, on the lectern. And then you scrape it down like that to get it just to the right thickness, and it can take hours and hours and hours. And even then, because every piece of wood's different, you never know what you're going to quite end up with. But the point is, I remember once when I was um, playing the oboe, my teacher, I was learning to make reeds, and my teacher was so kind, she was a lovely, lovely teacher. And she made me some of the bit. She took it to that stage there, because I was just learning. So she did all that bit for me. And she, had mu- she must have spent at least probably two or three hours getting these beautifully shaped pieces of cane ready for me. She gave them to me in my lesson. She was so excited. She said, these are beautiful bits of cane. They were. They were lovely bits of cane. She said, go away and have a go on those. See what you can do. And she sent me off with, a little, with my little cane a little box. And reed makers, we often use old, old um, c- cigarette box, old cigar boxes and cigarette boxes like this. So I packed it. Uh, I, took, I took the cane, wrapped in some, um, in some, some cotton wool, Took it home. Two weeks later, I got to my lesson, and she was so excited. Bear in mind, I was a full-time oboe player. She said, how's it gone? Did you, what, what did you do with them? And I suddenly oh! <gasps> and I would totally forgotten to do anything. Music students. And I opened my case like that, and the cane had started to go mouldy. Can you imagine how awful I felt? I felt so, so bad. She was not very happy either. I was so upset. I was like, I can't believe I, ha- I felt so deeply ashamed of myself. I thought, I have totally mucked this up. I've wasted what she gave me. Which reminds me a little bit of Jesus' story we're talking about today, because there's a man in Jesus' story who felt very much like that. That story James just read to us a moment ago, it's all about a master who gives his servants money and expects them to go and do something with it, just like my teacher expected me to go with my lovely pieces of wooden cane and do something with them. He expected them. Two of them did something. One of them did absolutely nothing. So let's think about this story because it helps us to understand how God is going to judge those of us who are visibly members of his people. How is he going to assess our lives. It's important we know that, because if you know how you're going to be assessed at the end, it makes a difference to how you live in the meantime. So, I need some children to come up, because I have riches to impart. Look at these riches. Look, gold coins. florins, Gold money. Hang on a minute. Wait a moment. Let me get my money. Actually, no, I'm very generous. Oh, thank you very much. Did one go, did one roll out that way? Oh, here we are. Out you come. You can all come out if you like, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to entrust some of this money to you. Hang on, let me just put this reed back because reeds are so delicate. And I'm going to need this in a moment. So I'm going to pop it in its little case. There we go. And I'm going to move it, put it over here because I'm going to need that in just a moment. So here is money. Now, what were the figures? What were the numbers in the story? Was there any of you listening? One servant got mm, coins, another servant got mm, coins, and another servant got mm, coins. What were the so the first servant got how many were you listening how many did the first servant get no it wasn't one bag of coins the first got how many well it's talked about I'm I'm just going to go individual coins the first one got was anyone listening five Five? you were listening Tony was listening brilliant okay so I'm going to entrust you with five coins by the way remember the word entrust we'll come back to that in a moment unos duos three four five. Right, the next one got how many coins? Yeah, ein, zwei, that's one and two in German. Right, the other one got how many coins? One, who should we give the one coin to? Right, can I, can I just make it clear? I tell you what, I'm gonna give the one coin to you because actually you're the shortest, and I think that's good that you should have the one coin. Well done. So. You may not be. You may be taller than all this lot in the end. You may be, you may be taller than Adam one day, and that would be a good. That would be really good because it will make Adam feel really little, <laughs> and probably quite upset as well. <laughs> he likes being tall. Right. So how, who do I give five coins to? Tony, did I give you five? Who did I give two coins to? Okay, George, you got two coins and you got one coin. Right. So that's, if, by the way, the ma- it wasn't that the master didn't like the one who got five more than the one who got one. It wasn't that. It was just that he felt no, that's right for you. And it's not like, I prefer you, that's just right for you. And so that's what he did. And he said to them, go away. Now, first of all, I'm going to tell you to go away in a moment. But first of all, we need to think about the word entrusting. I have entrusted these coins to you. I haven't given them to you. Do you you know the difference? Okay, let me tell to. I'm going to tell you something. Just If I go on holiday and I leave my cat, I entrust my cat to you, um, then... Can you do whatever you want to my cat because it's your cat? No. What do you always have to think of when you're when you've got my cat? So I what you, do, so you, you have to remember what I do when I look after it. Exactly. It's like when it's like when you give your it's like when you're as children you give your your own parents your children, and uh, you as as and you you hand them your children as though your own parents have no idea what to do with a child. Um, any of you grandparents experience that? Um, that can happen. And um, you you, you expect, when I entrust my cat to you, I expect you to look after my cat just like I do. When you entrust someone with your children or your possessions or whatever it is, you expect them to look after them like you would. And so if I give you my cat, I've entrusted you my cat, you've always got to be thinking, how would Tom want me to look after his cat? All right? I've given you that money, so I'm entrusting it to you, and we're going to come we're going to deal with it later, which means... What do you you think that means, practically speaking, when you sit down? You're not allowed to eat it. Okay. You don't worry. I'll I'll let you eat it later on. But for now, I'm entrusting it to you, not giving it to you, all right? So you've always got to be thinking, what would Tom want us to do with this money? Right. You can go and sit down. I'll get you up in a a moment. Just just remember, though, that um, what this is about is, is this is showing us how... Jesus says, you know, I, I, I've, I've left you, I've entrusted you with my gifts, my spirit, my, the opportunities that you've got, all your possessions, all the things that you own, all these things I've given you, everything you own I've given you, and I'm looking to you to make a difference with them, to do something for me with them. They're my gifts and you've got them, but I'm looking to you to do something with them. Okay, so we're going to to find out what all, these, all this lot did with their money in just a moment. But first of all, let's move on in our service, Adam. Well, what will we do with the treasure? What will we do with the treasure that God God has put in our lives? He's put different treasure in my life to what he's put in your life. So he doesn't expect you to do what he expects me to do. And he doesn't expect me to do what he expects you to do. But he has put treasure in your life. What are you, you going to do with the treasure that he's put there? Your opportunities, your gifts, your personality, your... Money, your, well, everything. What are we going to do with it? All these things he's given to us, how are we going to use it? Children, do you want to come back up? Because we need to find out what those children did, what those people did, rather, those servants did, in the story about the gold. Right, so, um, where are we gone? Have we got you all here? Have we got our gold holders here? Right, so, what happened was, it, um, it all worked out very well, because... The servant with the five talents, who got the five talents again? Tony got the five talents. Do you know what he did? He thought to himself, he thought, I know my master. My master loves things to grow. He's given me this money, I'm going to make it work. And so he thought, he, he actually, he went out and he opened a falafel stall. Do you know what falafel is? Lovely Middle Eastern. Food. He just he thought he thought there's a gap in the market here. I can see an opportunity. I can make the best falafel in the whole of the ancient Near East. I'm going to open a falafel stall. So there's your falafel stall over there. He actually bought a van as well and ran the van Tony. You go up there. That is your falafel stall, and he sold the most fantastic falafel. Up, you know, you can go right up in the pulpit because that's your falafel store up there. And the, th- the amazing thing was, here is he, he drove all around the place. And what he found was, amazingly, that he actually was very profitable, and he made, what did he make? Five more more coins, brilliant, come down, you made five more coins from your falafel store. That's absolutely fantastic, you did very, very well indeed. Now, who got the two coins? Well, here we go, right, you went over there, and you thought, I got two coins, I can buy a field with that. There you go, there's your field over there, you can go and stand over there. thought, I'm going to buy a field and he bought some speciality alpacas. No one had ever seen alpacas in that part of the world. And he thought to himself, I am going to start making knitwear in alpaca wool. <laughs> and he did unbelievably well, because everybody loved this beautiful alpaca. And uh, he thought, he, and so actually, he did very well too with this master's money, and he made, what do you know, two more. Doubled his oh, Doubled his money, well done. Right, you can go over there. Right, who had one coin? Well, the story was somewhat different in your case because the person with the one coin, he, instead of thinking, oh, my master loves things to grow, he didn't think like that at all, as we'll see in just a moment. Let me just move all these bits and pieces, all my knives and other, other razor blades and all the other things that I have in this little bag. Oh, and that—that that, my little ruler as well. Let me put, take these over here. Um, so, he went. Have you got your coin? Well, w- by the way, well done. You didn't, you didn't eat any of it. That was good. I could trust you at least that far. Right. Come here because I've got a spade here because what did the third one do? Do you remember? What did he do? He buried, it. He, buried it. he buried it. He buried it. So would you like to dig a little hole? Because you, you, The third one buried his money. So there's the, I'll look after that for a moment while well, you dig a little hole for it with the trowel. That's it. Just move. If we just sort of move it to the side. That's it. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's just sand, so it goes. Right, do you want to bury it? There you go. So he buried it like that. There, oh, dear. Hang on a minute. I'll tell you what. Look, the foil wrapper's coming off that one. And we don't want it to get We don't want it to get sand. We don't want it to get sand or anything. So we're going to bury that. There we go. He buried it in the ground. He thought, that'll keep it safe. Right. So that's what they did. All three of them did the different thing. Right. You can go and sit down again. I'm going to get you up again in a minute because we haven't finished with this, don't worry, there's another scene to look at in just a moment. But can I just, I, let's, just let's just ask this question, what are, we, what, what are we doing with the treasure that God's put in our lives? Are we thinking, God is a good God, he's a wonderful God, he loves things to grow, how can I use all that he's given me for him? How can I make a difference for him while I'm on planet earth? What can I do for him? How can I take what he's given me? How can I take my money, my, my, um, my gift of, mind and body, how can I take these things and use them? The place where he's put me, how can I make a difference for him? I'm not, he doesn't call me to change the world, I can't do that, but he, just to use what he's given me, as best I can, every day. How are we doing with it? Searching questions, with consequences as well, that we'll see in just a moment. But that's enough for now, I'll be back up in a minute. So, right, question is, what did the master do about it? Well, come on, out you come again. You can come to the front, children, and you can see. What happened? I think you know because you listen to the story, and that's all we're doing is really thinking about the story that Jesus told. So what happened next? Well, the master came back, and he had a few questions for his servant. So he said to the one who had earned five, he said, Step forward, sir. What have you done? And the one who had been given five opened his hands and said, look, I've, I've, gotten five more. I've gotten five more. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. And he said, go and take charge of lots of things. I'm promoting you. Right, off he went. Same again with the one who had two. George, come on. Hope me see, what did you do? I got two more. You got two more, excellent. Well done, good and faithful servant. He had been faithful with what? had been entrusted to him. Well done. Promotion for you as well, sir. But then there was the one who had only done one. And so the one who had only done one stepped forward. Come on, you can come forward. And he said, what did you do? And the one who had only received one said something very interesting. Let me read you what it said, because you can hardly believe it, actually, that he actually said this. Let me just find it again. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Matthew 25, here we go. Matthew 25. He said... uh, He said... Master, he said, I know that you're a hard man. You harvest where you hadn't sown any seeds. You gather where you hadn't scattered any seeds. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. So he got his spade... Do you think you can dig it out? Do you reckon you can find it again? I mean, I can find you can find it, it. I reckon you yeah, can find I it. Can oh, you can actually see part of it. <laughs> well, we obviously didn't bury it well enough. There we are. There we go. Shall I stick my finger in there? Oh, well done. Oh, look, there you go. You can probably do that with your finger now. Oh, no, you want to use the trowel. You've got it. Well done. And he said, there you go. Present it back to me because I'm the master. you say, here it is. Here it is. Oh, there you are. He says, have it back. He said, There's your, there it is, safe and sound. The master was furious. He said, what were you thinking? He said, you buried it. And, and you think, do you, that I'm a hard man? You think I'm a nasty man? You think I'm a meanie? You think I'm, a, you think I, I'm just out to get you? You think I'm a, 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 a bit of a Scrooge and a, and a stingy miser? Is that what you think of me? And the servant has to say, well, yeah, it sort of is. I basically do think that. I think that you're, a, I think you're, a, I think, frankly, I, frankly I, I don't like you. I hate you, actually. I think you're an absolute, absolute, ruthless nasty. That's what I think of you. So I didn't do anything with it. I was frightened of you, so I just hid it in the ground. There it is. And so that's what he said to the master. And the master then said, well, In that case, he said, I'm going to take this one coin and I'm going to give it to the one who has ten. There you go. I'm going to give it to the one who's got ten. And everybody said, well, he can't do that. He's already got ten. And the master, it doesn't actually say this in the Bible, but I think the master probably said something like, well, at least he knows what to do with it. Isn't it interesting? The one who buried it, the reason he buried it, the reason he did nothing with it, is because he thought that the master was one great big meanie who was just out to get him, which is actually how a lot of people think God is. They think that God is one great harsh meanie who's just out to wallop them when they make a mistake and to, and to be mean to them. And so rather than serve him, they think, actually, you know what? I, I, I hate him. I resent him he's harsh, and I'm not going to do anything to please him. The gifts that he's given me, I'm, I'm not going to do a thing with them. It's tragic. But let's not, let's, not, let's not do it. Don't you worry, I am going to give you a chocolate coin at the end. <laughs> so don't you worry at all. And in fact, I'm actually going to take these off you and distribute these to the children at the end, like a kind of great big, you know, um, happy uncle. I'm just going to pass them all around like this. So, uh, so uh, I'll stand at the door, and uh, I will give them to any child, certainly start, to start off with any child under the age of 10. So if you're over 10 and you still consider yourself a child, then you'll just have to see if there are any left over. <laughs> but let's just think about, for a moment, what it was. What was it that made the two over here, what was it that made them go out and say, I've got this wonderful resource and I've got this money and I'm going to make it grow with my falafel stall and my alpaca farm. What, what was it about it? What was going on in their minds that made them do it? Shall I tell you what? It was exactly the opposite of this one. He thought God's a great big meanie. He doesn't want things to grow. He's just unjust. He's harsh. He's bleh. They thought, he's wonderful and he loves things to grow. And he's generous and he's good. And he is full of goodness and love and he wants things to happen. And he's given me these gifts for a purpose and isn't it Great. And they got up every day, and they probably said that as they looked in the mirror in the morning. <laughs> they probably said words that um, a, good, uh, a, good of Kate, a good friend of Katie and, my, uh, uh, and I used to say, a man called Richard Buse, who's preached here in the past, he's gone to be with Jesus now, but he used to wake up in the morning and say, what can I do for you today, Jesus? How can I please you today? That's a good thing to say, isn't it, at the beginning of each day? Lord God, Jesus, what can I do today? We had a, a wonderful sermon here a few a couple of years ago from John Dunnett of um, the Church Pastoral Aid Society and he suggested a question to ask in the morning which is, Holy Spirit, what have you got for me today? In the expectation that he does have things for us to do. People to help. People to share something of the good news of Jesus with. Things in church that need to be done. Uh, gifts of money that could be given. To to the, the to the, the the growth of the gospel across the world. There are opportunities everywhere for God's work. If only we can say, God, you're a wonderful God, I want to serve you, you want things to grow, and I am available to you, and all my gifts are for you, are, are you gave them to me anyway, and they're all yours. You take them and use them, whatever they may be. And so that's the attitude. He woke up thinking. I am go- these two woke up thinking, and these are the words of a great missionary, a man called William Carey, who was, a, who was originally, who was a shoemaker from Northamptonshire, my county, where I grew up. And he, he was, he, was um, he went out to India, and was the, uh, just, I mean, it boggles your mind when you read about William Carey and what, he, what happened through him in India. His saying was this, it was the same as what they thought. They thought, they thought, expect great things from God, Accomplish great things for God. See that? Expect great things from God, and then you'll accomplish great things for him. Because you will think to yourself, he loves things to grow. I am going to make the most of every gift he gives me. Let's do that. Let's do that with everything we have. And then when we meet the master on that day, and he says, what did you do? Well, we won't say, I preached to thousands across the world because that was Billy Graham's job, not yours. Will he say, did you lead that church? No, because that's my job. Did he say, were you the curate? No, because that was his job. Did he say, are you the church warden? No, because that's, do you see what I mean? He'll say, what did you do where you were with the gifts I gave you? He'll want to know. And so let's make sure that we've got something by his grace to say. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would make us aware of the gifts that you have given us. And we might think, I've got no gifts, I've got no opportunity. Show us that actually we have. And help us this very week to make a difference for you. To lay all of all that we are at your disposal. Believing that you are full of goodness. That you love things to grow. So that we would see that happening. So our joy To your glory and to our eternal happiness, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, so I tell you what, if you could give me those coins back, I will redistribute them. I will have a a great kind of, um, I'm going to be the centralised government and redistribute everybody's wealth in a very kind of, well, almost kind of communist way, I suppose. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm going to own everything and then give it all out. So confiscate the lot and give it all back right please go and be seated and uh, i think we're going to sing a last song it's about um it's all about uh, god one of the titles of god the father the ancient of days and uh, the ancient of days just a, it's a title for almighty god and uh, blessing and honor be unto him so let's stand as we sing this song together and draw our service nearly to a close